for me, as I got into my coaching business, I started to realize that business is really simple. It's so simple. People are super complex though. You know, our parents give us things out of love to serve us and it did serve me till it didn't. And I think we need to look at the things that, that maybe aren't serving us right now and not judge them because they certainly served us to a point. Hi everybody, welcome to Coffee with Robert. I've got a great guest this week, Nafisa Shireen. I'm delighted to have her on board this week. She has got a terrific backstory and she also does some incredible work. There's an awful lot of value to be had by uh, watching the show this week or tuning into the podcast or the blog post too. Um, to give you a little bit of backstory, uh, Nafisa is going to give you much more than this, but she is um, the host of Living Forward TV. I'm just looking at my notes a second because there's quite a few things she's into here. She's also the founder of Living Forward Business and Lifestyles Inc. And she is a specialist in personal and business development mastery. So we've got an awful lot to connect on there, an awful lot of synergy. I'm incredibly excited to get stuck into today's Coffee with Robert. So with all of that out of the way, I'd like to hand over to Nafisa and say, welcome Nafisa. Tell us all about you. How did you come to where you are right now? <laughs> Thank you so much, Robert. Well, I've had a long journey. I mean, I've been at this thing called life for quite a few years. Um, but my, my career started off just like, you know, most people's do. I was not born an entrepreneur. I came from a very, I would say lower middle class background. Um, out it, I lived in Montreal, the Eastern side of Canada growing up. And so I grew up with the story that, you know, success was something other people had, right? This wasn't us. And, um, you know, I saw my dad work really, really hard, um, for years. Um, he had built some businesses, but they're businesses that were owned by other people. So even though he built them, they were taken away because companies move on and people make decisions. So, I mean, I don't necessarily view that it, that someone took it from him. They were just making the right decisions for themselves or their business at the time, but he took that very personally. So I had a lot of that kind of baggage growing up in terms of like feeling that other people controlled my destiny. But there was a part of me that never, ever believed that. I mean, I came from a lower class town, like the, the people I grew up with were most of them are still there. Some of them still still live in their mom's basements. I am not kidding. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like to think that my life is a story of the fact that where you started does not have anything to do with where you end up. So through those years, I mean, I grew up, I did, I did work for my dad. And one thing he did give me is an incredible work ethic um, to, to just go out and work. But the problem with that was that I really tapped into that the work was the value, not the outcome. And, but it served me well throughout my corporate career until I got to a certain level where I could not um, bust through it anymore. So I had started working in 1987. And so now we're, we're getting to around 2000 and 2005, 2006, so 22 years of career and education. And I, I kind of tapped out and I couldn't figure out like, why was I not getting any further? I was really smart. I had a, like I had a certification as a professional accountant. I, I gave that up when I became an entrepreneur, but I had that certification. I was very smart. I knew what I was doing. And as far as I was concerned, I, I had all the answers. Like, I mean, cause I worked really hard. Mm -hmm. um, but it turns out who I was being was a problem, right? Because I didn't know how to show up um, in a way that, 
communicated executive presence. I didn't know how to have the emotional intelligence or the spiritual intelligence to really just become that next level because it wasn't about how smart I was, right? It was about how I was showing up. Now, of course, for those who are listening, how you have to show up as a corporate person is the complete opposite of how you have to show up as an entrepreneur. <laughs> they have very different success factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but the point that's the same in all of that is it's not about how smart you are. It's about how you show up. So, I mean, there was a bit of an unlearning when I became an entrepreneur to learn a new way of being, but I, so I had a, I had a great career. And then when I hired a coach in my corporate days and I learned how to shift who I was being, I shifted my income. What was it? It's around 2008 or yeah, 2000, from 2008 to 2010, my income went from 70,000 to 700,000. So (laughs) I became a big fan of how you're being. (laughs) (laughs) So coaching works. (laughs) Yes. And also, but but the client has to work too, right? So, um, you know, my coach didn't go out and do the work for me. She couldn't do the personal development for me, but what she could show me was who I was being or asking questions that I didn't want to hear. Mm. And so I had a really good career, but during that time, as I morphed from like practical and the doer and the middle management to executive management, my passion came from coaching other people to succeed because all of a sudden I saw like I could, I created something pretty cool for myself. I mean, I was a woman in a man's world, like mining, this was in mining that I had gone up to that level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I came from a, a middle, lower middle-class family. I had ethnic minority, like I I had everything quote going against me. And that's when I realized that it's not really all those outside factors. Like, yes, they exist, but they're only a problem if we decide they're a problem. Um, Yes, there's things you may need to work around, but if you just decide to work around it, you're going to figure it out, right? So that was the decisions I had to make. And then I loved it until I didn't. And um, I did not like who I had to be to stay at that level. So I just left the corporate world one day and then I kind of morphed into into coaching and that was a whole other journey because all of a sudden everything I learned on how to be and how to show up and be a consensus builder and making sure that I was serving everybody else's needs like it doesn't work as an entrepreneur you have to just make decisions really fast and you can't be planning two years out and you can't be um, meticulous you have to go with the flow and you have to make decisions without anybody's approval or input so that was a whole other thing that I had to learn um, and so through it, my, so I, I did not succeed right away as an entrepreneur. I really had a hard time. Um, in my work as, an entre- as a coach, whether it's with my own clients or with colleagues who've been in coaching programs with me, I have found that the ones that tend to have the hardest struggle are those who, who have been very successful in corporate mm-hmm. to get going because they are stuck in that left brain thinking. They're stuck there. They don't, you know, and they, they know a lot about business. Um, and even if they've achieved a lot, like I did, mm-hmm. I was an uncon- unconscious competent. I didn't know, like I didn't actually know what I was doing till I looked back. So I, I find that fascinating. And so for me, as I got into my coaching business, I started to realize that business is really simple. Like it's so simple. People are super complex though. So what makes people do things? What makes people stop themselves? What makes people self-sabotage? What makes people settle for less? Like a, a great example is if people leave a job, they, the first thing they say is, well, I just want to replace my income. But it's like, but you can, you can do anything now, right? Yeah. So 
that story of why people shrink back and settle fascinated me. And so that's what got me into more of a, a softer side of my coaching business. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the spiritual side, the emotional side, the subconscious mind, universal law to really understand people. Um, it, my clients are always going to have to look at their numbers. Mm -hmm. it, I, they can't help that. Um, yes. But that's a result. That's an effect. That's not a cause. So that's kind of where I got to, to where I am because I think, I think money's a doorway to our deepest desires, our deepest pain points, our deepest passions, uh, our purpose. Yeah. So if we get the tip in there to think, okay, if it's the money's blocked, your purpose yeah. is blocked. So let's yeah. get in. So there you go. <laughs> you, you know, there's a few interesting points. I, I want to pick up if that's okay with you. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you, you, you kind of say about the money thing there because it's very much that way with this show. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I like to chat with all sorts of people. But I'm aware that when I can get people on that are successful, um, that the idea that they're successful and they've maybe made a lot of money is the key to the door. That's what gets people to show up and actually interact with the show and, and check it out. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're really, really interested in. It's the other stuff. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying earlier, again, it's kind of, it sounds like so many stories I hear as well that we, that we all go through. When we, when we kind of, we're born into this world, we obviously the stimulus is our parents and all that sort of stuff. And as we grow up, we kind of end up, if we're not very careful, getting all of our ideas about life, everything, our whole viewpoint, our window to the world is actually structured from the beliefs of our parents and their limiting beliefs and everything else. So we end up, if we're not careful, and if, we, if we're not consciously aware of it, living our own lives are in our skin, but somebody else's life, if you know what I mean, in yeah. our skin. And we wonder why we go through life so many people feeling frustrated, not knowing why there feels like there's a hole somewhere they can't fill. And it's, it's this thing that when you, you kind of get out of that, that, that loop and you suddenly get to, for a lot of people, it's they get to a certain age in life where they kind of start to get a handle on the fact that there are other things and other ways of looking at things and that that doing it that way might not just be the only way to do it. They yeah. start to question the values they've got and ask questions like, are they really my values? Are they really? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. It, it, it's, it's weird that you've kind of gone through all of that and ended up kind of morphing into the coaching and moving into the coaching and doing what you're doing. And, and to sum it all up, I, I kind of would say that's, that's more about now um, who you really are rather than yes. who you're going to be. Does, exactly. Does it does. And, and, you know, when you talk about, you know, living that life of what other people expect, you know, yeah. if, I, if I go back to the corporate place where I was really hitting my head hard and working so hard, that came from the work ethic that my dad gave me. Now, our parents give us things out of love. Mm to serve us and it did serve me till it didn't. Sure. And I think we need to look at the things that, that maybe aren't serving us right now and not judge them because they certainly served us to a point. And also go just because it's the way you've always done, it doesn't mean it's going to keep working, right? What's that book like, what got you here won't get you there? Like it, it's, I, I mean, I've lived that way in my life. And I think yeah. if we can um, really step into our purpose, like for me, you know, I, 
coaching is very personal to me. I mean, and I know, I know the industry like has sometimes a bad rap because there is a lot of fluff online where people, like I saw, I saw, uh, uh, an ad and I don't know what it was for and it was like become a life coach in 30 days I was like no you can't yeah yeah you might learn a, a skill but you have to go through a lot of that real personal development especially as you become a coach because you've really got to go yeah. inwards um and I never became a coach to make money in the beginning um it's certainly something that you can and I do have an incredible income on it but I think sometimes it gets confused, like, well, people just, they don't know what to do, so they're going to become a coach, right? But for me, the coaching was because I so believe in it because of the results having the right coach had in my own life. Yeah. And it was about the legacy of yes, the legacy of paying it forward. And even as a coach, I've had to go through my own development because when I first started, you know, like I remember I took, I, I didn't know anything. So I went and took a course that, and it goes, well, that was a weekend and a thousand dollars. I'll never get back. <laughs> but like, I, I, I did not feel qualified to do anything. This has been an eight year journey. Um, and obviously I get better and my clients get better results the longer I'm in this. Right. Um, but you know, you start off taking a course or getting your ICF uh, certification and all the things that go with it. And then it doesn't feel aligned. And you know, that, that, um, narrative is, you know, you don't, it's, it's all for focus forward and solution oriented, which I completely agree with. And yeah. you don't want to listen to the story, but that's a different kind of coaching than what I think for me would work. Cause I believe the story gives context so we can break that to look forward. So mm -hmm. we have to know what the story is because not, not to keep the person stuck in a spiral. Um, and even as the coach or facilitator, I don't necessarily need to know it per se, but because I do a lot of work with the subconscious mind, we need to pull out what's blocking them. Cause you can have, I felt like, I felt like originally when I started coaching, I was just giving people to do lists, yeah. right? So what, what are your action steps, whatever. And then they wouldn't, then they wouldn't do them. Mm -hmm. And so, it, but why not? Right. And was my coaching ineffective? Yes, it was because I was following someone else's model. So it's been even about throughout my my journey as a coach to really step out there and get comfortable going on to the woo side of things. Cause I mean, 25 years in corporate that was, would not be there. And I squished it down. Yeah. Um, and actually getting into the deeper, the deeper work with people, the emotional, the cellular work, the subconscious work. And, and I work with horses too, mm -hmm. which is a very spiritual experience um, to get people out of that left brain thinking yeah. into stillness presence reflection um truth about themselves because yes if you are doing a lunch mm -hmm. and nothing's working you need to look at your ads you need to look at your copy you need to look if your timers are the right color i get mm -hmm. that you know we're, we're about to launch something right now my coach is looking at all that stuff but if you're consistently not creating results in your life none of that's going to help you you have to go beneath that. And so for me, that's what's fascinating. And that's the journey I took because, yeah, like it, it's the story matters and, oh. and who you are matters and getting to those passions and beliefs because so many people live a, a, a life of mediocrity in the name of safety. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And, and I've got to be honest with you, we're singing from the same hymn sheet because I've always felt the same way. I'm absolutely fascinated uh, about human performance. 
peak performance yep. and what makes the difference between one person and another because you'll get two people will be um, exposed to the same information and one person will go away and be incredibly successful and the other person will either fail or will do nothing so what's the difference is it in the information well clearly not it's it's in the way they're wired it's in the way they're communicating things to the cells mm -hmm. and the meanings are attaching to everything and and so i'm <laughs> i'm i'm kind of I'm the same as you. It's it just I love to work with people on that and, and to show them that they can actually change their default setting. They can reprogram. It's all about. Tell me if you you agree with this because this is what I've always found and this is what I really really believe is that the big problem with a lot of people is the only reason that they don't break the bad habits they've got and they don't develop new belief systems that support them in what they want is because they haven't got the discipline to put in the conscious effort until the conscious effort becomes some subconscious reprogramming where it's just who they are now not who they're trying to be and that sometimes can take 30 to 90 days mm -hmm. depending on how long how deep-seated the issue is that that we're dealing with and most people will try something like that for a day and wonder why they haven't changed i think i think it's twofold because i i I would still look at the lack of discipline as why is there a lack of discipline? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like if you want it really bad, right? Like just taking in, into example, like, I mean, um, I love to use weight loss as an analogy. Like, we know what we need to do, but there's a lack of discipline there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I, I joke, well, I I've, you know, I've gained a little bit of weight in the last few years, but nobody's ever forced the ice cream down my mouth, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. so I chose to gain the weight, right? Yeah. Let's let's be real. So I, so I like to go deeper to go, well, what's causing that lack of discipline or that, um, you know, everybody has like three, I mean, Tony Robbins talks about seven, but there's three that I really work with in terms of core fears and core beliefs, but like the need for love, uh, mm. self-worth and self and, uh, self-esteem. So sorry, security, self-worth and self-esteem are the same thing. So, um, if, if we go deeper and we find the root, it's either they don't believe that their efforts will work they're afraid of losing love. They're afraid of, they just don't know any better. And I read a quote the other day that was so profound. I can't remember if it was on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. I saw somebody put something up and it just, it, it was one of those things that stopped me in my tracks. And I can't remember even if it was somebody I knew that did it because um, you know, most of my clients have incredible results, but because they want them sometimes some don't, and, but, and I coach, I show up the same, right? So it, you know, and there's this one client and I had to, I had to let her go because after a couple of years, she still was not getting results at all. And I thought this isn't, you know what, I'm, I'm not in this business to take your money. You need to want the change. You need to want the results. So I'm not here to have you be a breakthrough junkie. You got to break forward and do something. So that it was a hard decision, but I knew that in, for my ethics, that was the right thing to do because this isn't about taking someone's money. And so this quote struck me because I was right in the middle of making that decision. And I felt so much compassion when I read it, but, and I'm probably going to bungle it up, but it said something to the effect of, you know, when somebody is living with a broken spirit or a broken identity or, or a lack of self-belief, they don't come out of that because that has been their truth for so long mm. that they don't know what to replace it with. Mm. And it was like, wow. Right. So, I mean, and that's an extreme 
yeah. situation, but I thought of this particular client and I thought that is true. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to, it is so scary to, to go there. So I think it's a combination. So yeah, there is a lack of discipline. Yeah, definitely. They, Why is there a lack of discipline? Not. Because if, if <laughs> because I mean, think about it, right? Like if you just do this every day for 30 days, you could triple your income. Why don't people do it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true what you say. People get actually become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's well, that, it, it is that, it's what they get used to, isn't it? It's almost like there's safety there. And security it's, it's normal. There. Yeah. It's normal. I had a, I had a friend, um, like, and she's somebody who has always believed that life is what's been given to you. And I, I mean, I've had to put distance as I've matured as an entrepreneur because I don't want to be around that belief system. Mm -hmm. And I remember she came to visit one time because she lives out of town and then she went and visited some other friends. And I said, well, you know, how was, how was your evening tonight, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to coach friends. I don't have that permission, right? And she said, well, you know, it was really nice meeting everybody. It was, it was hard. Um, so-and-so lost his job and this person's fighting cancer and this one's depressed and you know but it's it's just life and uh, life's hard and these are real people yeah. and I, I just sat there and I like and I just said why do you want to sit in that environment yeah. of negativity and she got quite upset with me to say like, but this is life. Like, you don't understand. People don't all have it as easy as you do. I'm like, <laughs> you like, oh my God, the one thing I don't have it is easy. <laughs> like, I, I have risked everything. I have had, you know, humiliation. I have had wins. I've had physical injuries. I've like, I mean, I, it's not easy, right? Yeah. Um, but pick your heart. Like you can sit in that or you can do the, the other type of hard things that are emotionally uncomfortable and have good results that are easy, right? So it's, it's pick your hard and pick your easy. Yeah, yeah. So like, do you want the easy process and the horrible result? Or do you want the challenging process and the easy result? Yeah. That's... And let's, let's be honest, it's your life we're talking about. Is it worth yeah. it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, is, is your life and your passion and purpose yeah. worth being safe or miserable? And so that's why that whole cliche too of like, you're the five people you surround yourself with. It's so, I mean, for me, I've had to shed a lot of the, the associations because I, I don't want to be in that mindset. And I, I have to block my news feed because I don't, like, there's, I don't know that, I mean, you know, there's some pretty crazy stuff going on in the world right now. But how much more crazy is it than maybe it was 30 years ago and just wasn't necessarily in our face every single move, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, we just didn't know what was actually going on. Mm. So, you know, we have to wait the next day till the newspaper came out and then it, like, people aren't commenting on the newspaper article or getting uh, riled up. So I think we need to really protect our bubbles, our energy bubbles, what we put totally. into our mind. Totally. I mean, yeah. you strike me, you're the same as me. You're a very, very spiritual person. So you'll have had that experience where you go into a room and somebody in that room will immediately start sapping your positive energy. Mm -hmm. You can feel it off them. You can feel it off them. And at the same time, there are other people that as soon as you get near to them, you feel this, this just right energy coming off them, this vibrancy yeah. that's really yeah. positive and, and uplifting. And yeah. it's incredible how that will affect people. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you surround yourself with those negative people all day long, it's like the bad apple in the basket. Absolutely. And later, it spoils everything. So I agree with you totally. Listen, I'm, I'm really keen to get back to your story a little bit as well, though. Okay, sure. 
I'll tell you why I want to dig into this a little bit more, because we're both coaches, okay? And, and I've got an awful lot of coaches and consultants that kind of, that I've dealt with over the years that kind of check me out and, and, and whatever. And unfortunately, for the major part, most of them are struggling as well. And um, you're clearly not. And I would love you to, to talk about maybe that kind of changeover from coming out of corporate life into coaching, the challenges you would have gone through, how you overcome Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I want to set the record straight. I love telling people my first year I hit six figures in reverse. <laughs> so it wasn't very good. <laughs> it, well, I, mean, I was used to spending big budgets in corporate, so I wasn't yeah. thinking. Um, but, you know, I, the hardest thing for me at first was asking for the sale. Um, corporate creates an incredible disconnect between who you're serving and who's paying you because your client, whether it's another department or company client or um, an internal source mm -hmm. is just somebody receiving your service and somebody else is paying you. So there, you just don't just, you just don't make that connection consciously or subconsciously and it really messes you up. Mm -hmm. And even though I could really negotiate well in corporate, even for my own salary, I still like if you, if I was negotiating with you, you weren't paying me. You were the, you were the gatekeeper, right? So when I came out into, to my own business, asking for money was just like, what, right? Mm -hmm. Selling good. I just want to help people. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You can't help people if you don't help yourself. Yeah. So that was a big thing for me was to learn to sell a huge thing to be confident asking for the money. Um, I did fall for, and it wasn't as intense back then. I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast the world changes. And I see this, like I've, I've seen at least three or four posts in one particular Facebook group about this topic recently. And, and I know somebody who's actually just going through this. And if you're a coach listening to this right now, like, oh my God, get out there and coach, quit trying to launch your online course. Cause that's not coaching. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people that are buying this story that all you have to do is put an online course up there and you'll make uh, all kinds of passive income. There's no such thing as passive income. Maybe you don't have to fulfill, but you've got to work really hard to get that in. And it's very, 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 very expensive <laughs> to, to market online. Mm -hmm. um, building an online business is just as capital intensive as building a brick and mortar business. And I don't think people realize that. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I have digital products and I have done things. Um, but in the beginning, I focused too much to be, to be staying online or tweaking my message or getting my website straight and not making money. As coaches, we provide transformation to people. And when we can get clear on that, and we got to do our own work to really understand what we're actually selling. We're selling transformation. Mm -hmm. People don't transform in an online course, right? They need the, the facilitation. Yes, we need something to give people something to start with or to supplement uh, our income or to have ads pay for themselves. Like there's a business side to that. But when cash isn't coming in the door, you don't have a marketing problem. You have a sales problem. Just go out and meet people and talk to people and pick up the phone and make offers. And I think for me, that was the biggest lesson I had to learn because, um, and I was, and I, I'm, was talking to a colleague of mine the other day with one of her clients who was a, a new coach and she's she's just as well I just want to put it out to the universe like and I'm spiritual okay sure. I just want to put it out to the universe I don't want to have to go out and sell it or and I don't want to have plans I don't believe in plans because then we're not opening ourselves up to what spirit may show us like mm -hmm. 
did that work in your career? Did that work anywhere else? Like you need to, you need to meet spirit. You need to meet God. You need to meet the universe with where you want to go. Spirit is deductive in nature. So it's going to give you what you put out. So when you put out your intentions and sit back and wait, guess what? It's going to sit back and wait. (laughs) So you need to take aligned action in harmony with your goals. And yes, I, when I got at a visceral level, the law, of, uh, the law of polarity, that if you have the desire, it exists, that propelled me forward. But I had to also apply the law of cause and effect, meaning I had to get off my booty and take action. So, um, and that action is not always comfortable because we have to risk rejection. Um, and not just rejection in the sales process, we have to reject, risk rejection of what we're doing or that we're stepping out there into a new field or we're taking on a new identity. But hiding behind our computer is something I, I see a lot of coaches doing. So um, my story is um, I, I dabbled the first year and then I got speaking and then I, on stages, I did the rubber chicken circuit and then I got to bigger stages. Why I'm successful right now is because I focus on the activities that make the cash register ring. I focus on, I never went big, I went boutique, um, but then I can charge a lot because my clients get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are starting to kick up our online presence when I have the money to be able to do that. Mm. Um, but I'm telling you like, so uh, just to give you an example, like right now I'm hosting a retreat at, at my ranch in, in July and it's, Marketing wise, like it's six weeks, right? So that's, eh, you know, uh, it's probably a local market that's going to come to it. And typically, you know, what I would do is do like an online um, teleseminar mm-hmm. on a topic, invite people and to get phone numbers. And then you have this process. But I'm looking at the calendar right now and I was like, skip that. I have phone numbers. I'm just going to phone people because I actually want to put people into into this retreat so that and that's a choice whereas a lot of people will just start doing their online campaigns and marketing and and I I saw a post the other day where somebody said I'm just starting my business and I need to get money in the door fast what should I do Uh, invest in SEO uh, build my list those take time go have a conversation like go meet people and all the people that commented on that post were same things you know get your website done get your copy figured out, get this done. Get, and, and it's like those, that's not going to sell. Yeah. Yes. You, you kind of need an online presence. Like if, especially now, like if you talk to somebody and they look you up, but you can have a quick about me page, like was about.me and just have something so they can find you. Yeah. So to the coaches that are listening to this, just hear me. Like I have a multi six figure business and I've done it through phoning people. Yes. I have a YouTube channel now and I love it. And it's, but it hasn't grown as fast as other people's has. If I had put everything into that, I'd be broke. But I do have it because it's regular. It keeps people going. And, and I, I follow the formula. So here's something. I follow the YouTube formula to get found for three out of four videos. But one out of four videos is for my existing market. And I'll call people. Hey, did you see my video? <laughs> right? Yeah. And those will turn them over. So at the end of the day, it's face-to-face connection. Coaching is, is, is human connection. So if we're afraid to do that, to get the clients... Like how we, how can we show up as a coach? Well, it's not coaching. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, right? I, agree, I agree with you. I, I absolutely right. love it because I say exactly the same thing. You know, we, you've got all these guys online saying, yeah, do this, do that. You know, put the website up, make a course and, and all this sort of stuff. Look, you're quite right in saying everything in its own time. You know, yeah. and you've done things when you've been um, financially stable enough and secure enough to actually implement it without it actually putting you at risk. 
But most of the guys that are giving this advice out there, they're actually trying to sell something off the back of it. I agree with you. It's a people business. People forget that just because we're online a lot of the time this time, yeah. uh, these days, there are people behind computers with feelings, wants, yeah. needs, desires, passions. We need to connect. All and you know, and what I love is we can still meet people online, right? Because online networking is very different than online marketing. We can still network online. And of course. the goal is to get into a conversation. And what you just said about people trying to sell something off the back end of a story, I'm not going to name any names, but go and listen to how they built their business not what they're doing now. How did they get here? Mm. All those things work for them now because they have big bank accounts, they have an established market, they have established affiliates, they have an established brand and reputation, sure. and, and they have the money to go with cold leads to, to risk it, because it is a risk because you may not get it back. But listen to their bit beginner day stories on what they did. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I, I think in terms of my story and how that got to me where I am is I had to just stop listening to that. And I, I, ha I ended up working with a few coaches and I had one who was like, well, if you're, how come you haven't phoned your list? I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> right? I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, why not? And um, Robert, there was a time, it was about four years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had an okay business. I was hovering just below six figures and then the renewals weren't coming in and it was kind of slowing down and I wasn't necessarily showing up fully for my clients and it was around November I had one client renew so I was looking at five or six hundred dollars a month I was way undercharging too like this woman hit over a million and I was way undercharging her so that was a lesson too yeah. um you're definitely going to heaven for charging that <laughs> 1.7 million is where she's at. Um, I, I don't charge that anymore, people. Um, but the key is I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not going to have a business next year because I've been doing all this online stuff, right? Like I'm not going to have a business next year if I do this. And this person is like, she, because of the work we did at the subconscious level, at the cellular level, at the emotional level, I'm telling you, she on, on our first VIP day, she actually ran away and didn't come back. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess we touched a nerve, right? Yeah. Um, and she was, she had a lot of business savvy to her, so it wasn't the business stuff, right? It was this emotional piece and the spiritual piece that we had to dive into. And I'm thinking, and she's she's breaking seven figures. Mm. I need to severely, I need to charge what my services, not what I'm worth, because you can't put worth on me, but the value I'm bringing to my clients. Yeah. So I, I, I quintupled my prices like overnight. And of course I didn't believe it, right? But I knew I had to do that because I, all my money was paying team and support. Like I had to do that for the value they were getting and I had to do that to support my business and so that I could have some money too, because mm -hmm time for me to not be like I was I was paying everybody else to coach people like it was a money losing proposition I needed to be paid mm -hmm. so I did a massive price increase and then I'm like okay well I made that decision in my head now what am I going to do right I got on the phone and between Christmas and New Year's and this is the cool thing because my mentor now says it's easier to make more money than it is to make less mm -hmm. so charging what I should have been charging it was really easy to hit six figures with just a few people mm. 
in between Christmas and New Year's. And I still wasn't charging then what I charge now. It was quite a bit less than I charge right now, right? Like it was, but I still hit that between Christmas and New Year's, a time nobody buys. Because I got on the phone, I talked to people. Yes, I heard a lot more no's than yeses, but I did I care at the end of that week? No. There's the difference and, that makes the difference. Yeah, that's the difference that makes the difference. And I had to get over caring what people thought because I realized that I provided incredible service mm. for a fee. I change, like I don't change lives. I facilitate the changing of lives. So why would I be ashamed to call people and see if I can help them with that? They don't want it. That's their choice. Exactly. So that kind of changed my life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what allowed me to, I mean, I've al I'd always been a risk taker to that point. But here's the thing. I never took emotional risks. I took financial risks. I took business risks. I took maybe somewhat of a social risk or, or like change risk. Like I've never been afraid of change, but the emotional risks of being rejected or laughed at or thought that I'm stupid, I never did that. And until I was willing to go there, it, that's when things changed. So that was, that was the big difference. Brilliant. It's, it's kind of almost a case of burning the bridges, isn't it? As well, when you fully committed yes. to something and you've, you've emotionally, mentally, spiritually got no way back in a way. It's yep. kind of, I, I'm, there for, I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah. Then there's only one thing. You're either going to sink or swim. And you're going to swim every time. Because and swimming and swimming's a choice though, right? So this yeah, is where, yeah, yeah. this is where like the, you know, we were talking in the pre-chat mm -hmm. about the woo meeting the what. Mm. And there is a lot of um, tendency in the coaching space or transformation space to rely on magical thinking as a way to hide and numb out and, and, and call it spirituality when it's not. It's just a numbing out to not want to do the work, to not want to be responsible for bringing the income in. <clears throat> um, but also the flip side of that is um, practical thinking is just as damaging because then you don't allow, you don't take the chances, you don't put yourself out there, you stay safe. Mm -hmm. So we want to get to the middle of that and get to lawful thinking. Definitely. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, and, what is the law? Like the laws are always working. So if we can study the laws, be versed in the laws, hmm. study ourselves. And we have to know that the stories we're carrying, they're also cellular. Like they are in our genes and inherited mm -hmm. through the lineage that our family gives. Yeah. And so for some people, it's going to be a lot harder to come through that because there could be a lot of stuff stuck in there. Hmm have to get rid of that we have to face um some of it we have to face consciously some of it we have to face subconsciously and, and i love quotes and it, the other one that i love is the amount the degree to which a person can grow is directly proportional to the amount of truth they can accept about themselves without mm -hmm. running away that's why i love the horses because they they show you your truth like that um and they have no agenda mm -hmm. i mean even as a coach i'm going to have an agenda right i'm there to help you get your result Sure, exactly. I, we, we cannot lose our bias. A horse doesn't. So a person can have a really, I mean, and this can be really confronting too. Um, my pony, especially, he's very energy sensitive, very energy sensitive. He was confronting for me when I got him because I'm like, I, I can't get near the little guy, right? He's just, he's leaving like I'm, I'm this big monster. So I had to learn how, how's my energy being projected here? And I mean, and 
we need to be able to go there and face that about ourselves to be able to to take those emotional risks and and then when we're taking them understand how we're showing up because yeah. I, like i said that the magical thinking and the practical thinking like those are two extremes that keep one keeps you they both keep you stuck but in different ways yeah you know the, the the kind of this is one i picked up years ago and i'm, I'm the same as you i don't remember where i got this one from but i've adopted it um in terms of of, of the way that we are that that um as people as human beings we should really learn to trust our gut our intuition more because our gut has not evolved to a place where it confuses everything with logic at the same time at the same time the law of attraction there's it's no accident that more than half of that word is made up of the word action yes yeah you know it's it's the law of sowing and reaping and in nature the the wonderful thing about the laws of the universe and nature is that you plant a seed, a tomato seed, and you don't get one tomato back. No. You get a whole bush of tomatoes back. And that's yes. the way it works, but you've got to do the sowing. If we you can do any weeping. You have to do the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and I don't, you know, and the funny thing is, I don't mean to say that in a way that like it's a drudgery, because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be hard. It's what makes it hard is, is, um, the fear of what other people think. Yeah. And that's the biggest growth opportunity. Like, I, I mean, I don't have that mastered, <laughs> right? But it's a lot, lot better yeah. than it was. It, sometimes things will still come up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, just it, recently I went on one of my, my retreats where I had a client here with, um, at the ranch and I put some pictures up and it's a beautiful picture of her sitting on the ground in the paddock and my pony coming to her and basically surrendering to her Mm -hmm. and somebody that I respected in the equine world. And so like traditional equestrians are very different than natural horsemen and equine guided learning coaches. They have a very different view of the animal, more utilitarian, more show them who's boss, like kill it before it kills you. Like it's just a little bit of that. Right. Mm -hmm. But there, but I mean, the, the motive behind that is safety for the human. So it's, it's not a bad intention. So somebody I really respected actually sent me a message saying, what are you doing? That is really dangerous. And I knew, like, and I, I, I knew, like, I, I mean, it was not dangerous at all. Like, there, there's horses I would never allow that with, right? I knew that pony. I knew the situation. I was right there. Like, there was, it was such a beautiful moment. And it was a, a moment that transformed this woman's life. Yet my own insecurity, because someone I respected said, what are you doing? Because they would never do that because their horses in that world are not trained the way mine are, right? And instead of just shoving it off to, okay, that's somebody who doesn't actually know what I'm doing and has no comprehension, it affected me because I respected them. So I don't think we ever cure ourselves of this. but it's an ongoing journey. But the difference was I was able, the difference that makes the difference, as you like to say, is I was able to say, okay, I'm, I'm incredibly triggered right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> incredibly triggered. Why? Where is it coming from? Who does this belong to? Where is it originating from? And get back to that story of, okay, it's originating from the fact that a few years ago, I wasn't very competent with horses like 10 years ago. I had to learn. And I, this is somebody who was there in my learning days, right? So those insecurities are there. But why? Oh, I'm going back to my dad 
and my dad always tell me I, what I was doing wasn't wrong. Like I had to recognize those patterns because what she, what she saw and what happened were totally irrelevant, totally not connected. And instead of me passing it off, I went back to being that little girl when my dad made me feel stupid, right? And that allowed me to really, because I mean, it's an exercise I'll do with my clients on projection. Like, okay, this doesn't belong to me. This belongs to my father. Mm. Um, but it's not a, it's a, it's not a red pill, blue pill, pill thing. We never actually get over the fear of what people think. We do a lot better at it. We can process things differently. There's things I don't care about anymore. Mm. And I'll think, okay, I've got this handled, but then something like that happens. And it's like, oh yeah, no, it's still there. <laughs> So yeah. it's it's an ongoing ongoing journey, and I believe as coaches we really need to be so aware of our triggers. Definitely, I I, I agree with that, and even more so. I mean, we touched on the fact that you know everything's gone online for the major yeah. part, and and some of the good things about that, some of the negative things about that. One of the negative things, of course, is the fact that so many more people now have got exposure to you and are able to express their opinions. Yes, and if you've not got a very strong internal self-referencing systems yeah. that are within yourself, that can throw you right off kilter. It really can. And, and as we move through life, depending on how many people we come into contact with, every single person will have a different opinion of us, none of which we can control. And so I bang, about, bang on about this all the time. The only opinion that is really important is the one you have of yourself. Yes. Because that's the one you can never escape. So as long as you can look in the mirror in the morning, like what's looking back, and, and feel good about yourself, then you're doing pretty good in my book. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that is the, the one thing, if you were to ask me what I work on the most with people, would be that. Mm. Because it, a business strategy, is, I mean, to me, is just so simple. Mm. <laughs> um, Sometimes you need to fire the person. Sometimes you need to set a boundary. Sometimes you need to invest in a certain marketing thing. Sometimes you need to, because I don't just work with coaches, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to uh, have some contracts that you need to negotiate. Very simple. Mm -hmm. But all that stuff, the conversation, not so simple. The firing, not so simple. The negotiation. Um, and there's a lot of what will other people think. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, one of my clients is, is, I mean, I have clients that are very private that don't participate in the community events, but one of them does, but she's so particular, like she doesn't want to, I mean, she's had incredible results and she keeps saying, you know, I need to, I feel like I need to give you a testimonial. I really want to, but I just don't want people to know like how, how bad I was. Like she has so much shame about the fact that she needed help. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what, you'll, you'll give it to me when you're ready. I'm more, I'm more interested in why you're so ashamed of the fact that you need help. Yeah. that's so it, it's not something that goes away and i would say that's 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 the other difference that makes a difference when people can lose that fear of what other people think when they can actually realize that it people aren't really thinking about you <laughs> it, i've listened to you talk about that and it, it i can sense off you but isn't it it gives you a warm feeling about what you do doesn't it when you can, yes. you can help people overcome stuff like that that's yeah. limiting them limiting their potential and and more than that but limiting their enjoyment of their lives and their yes. happiness if you can yeah. what a gift that is to give somebody i know it's well they give it to themselves i just facilitate right they yeah. have to be open and willing but it's 
you know, I, but I got to tell you, like, it's, I'm unemployable. I could never go back to a job because this is so much more fulfilling yeah. to see that transformation yeah. in people. I love it. Like, it's just, it's, now, it's why it, I get up. It's why I do what I do. Yeah. I can, I can tell because, I mean, the, the, I, I've just had a quick look at the clock. And, I mean, these are supposed to be half-hour calls. And I've enjoyed oh our chat so <laughs> so much the energy's been so good and we're bouncing off each other really really well and and the time's kind of like flying by because because i'm enjoying it so much but i, I want to be conscious of your time as well thank you yeah and our uh, listeners too right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and all i wanted to do if we can kind of wrap it up mm -hmm. um i'd like to quickly ask you what you what you're doing right now what your projects are and, sure. and, and if there's, uh, you know, you could share some ways if anybody wants to find out more about you, what you're doing and get connected, how they can do that. Sure, absolutely. Well, so right now, I mean, I'm my primary focus right now is are the equine alchemy retreats. I do private client one, two, three day retreats. That's what I'm working on um, because I, I mean, I do have clients in my year long programs, um, but this has been something that we're adding and we love it. And so for me personally, my goals are to buy another property next door, which probably won't happen for a few years because they're not even selling it, but they don't know that, but I've set the intention. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we're, that's our big thing right now and, and we're, we're loving it. Um, and it's, it's incredible work. So that's, that's kind of my next step uh, to bring this forward on a personal level. Um, I want to get another horse, but my husband doesn't know that yet. I have four. <laughs> so he, I'll keep the secret. Don't worry. I won't tell thank you. Well, you, you're in the UK. He won't hear me. Um, and um, yeah, and if people want to find me, um, there's obviously my YouTube channel. It's just Nafisa Shireen. It's a lot more practical and tactical than we've been today, but YouTube likes that kind of stuff, right? So, um, but underneath that is all the, the learning, uh, like the, the mindset. And then my website is nafisashireen.com and you can find me there. And we have tons and tons of resources and downloads to help people with whatever thing from soup to nuts. And it's all free. So they can go to my blog and they can find all different kinds of things. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. And I've got to tell you once again, I've thoroughly enjoyed today. Really so much that we've got to do it again. I'd love to hook up again, maybe, sure. maybe six months, something like that. Have a little check in with each other. Another cup Absolutely. of coffee. There we yes. go. I have mine lined up and, um, and, and just see where everything's, you know, sitting, sitting there. It'd be great to check in again with you. If that's Perfect. Good. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our chat today. It was a yes. lot of fun. Been an absolute pleasure. Take very good care and I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Bye, Nafisa. Bye. Hey, it's Robert here. Thanks for watching the video. I hope you've really, really enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this, then please subscribe to this channel and come back and see many, many more doing these things all the time. And if you want to know when the next one comes up, click the little bell and you'll get a notification each and every time we've got a new video up there for you to have a look at. Um, and the other thing is, I nearly forgot. If you look, love everything to do with personal development, business development, and just getting yourself into a peak state, then you're gonna to wanna to get over to my free webinar training, which is gonna show you exactly the steps to take to overcome any inner barriers that are stopping you from achieving in life and business right now, and exactly what to do to get that put right and start living the life of your dreams, starting right now. Sounds like a tall order? promise you, you can do this stuff. Get across to my webinar training. The link is in the uh, description below this video. I hope to see you there. And at the very least, I hope that you click the bell. I hope you subscribe to the channel and I hope to see you back here again soon.
Take good care. Bye-bye. <laughs>